Blog Talk Radio. everybody, welcome to the Neil and Christian Banquet Psychic Hour. We have a caller in the queue, 703. We're going to be getting to you in just a few moments. Um, and uh, and so just stay, stay in the queue. Uh, we'll be right with you. But for those of you who have not called in yet, our phone number is 914-338-0164. Do press 1 if you'd like to speak with us. And uh, what else? We invite you to join us on Facebook and on Twitter. Those accounts are linked on our Blog Talk Radio profile, Neil and Kristen Baker Psychics. Yes, we do encourage you to join us on those, on those uh, social media platforms. And as well, follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. Okay. Anything else, Neil, you want to add before we take this caller? I believe this is Andrea, actually. We haven't heard from her for quite a while. She's born one seventeen sixty three, actually. So we can get that all together. You guys have a great memory. <laughs> oh, thanks. You know what? I did look. I happened to page back, so I'm not going to take credit for remembering that one, oh, Andrea. Okay. <laughs> Andrea is Andrea, right? I'm saying it's Andrea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm right. Andrea. Okay, Andrea. Then I got I got yeah. mixed up. You told me I had a great okay. memory, and then I thought, oh no, wait, I'm pronouncing her name wrong. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I thought I'm screwing everything up now. Um, anyway, how are you? Oh, I'm. I have COVID. Oh, well, I'm Is so sorry. Well, a yeah. lot of people are gone So I know. I yeah. thought I had allergies. Yeah. So it was was it mild, relatively speaking? Yeah. I have no symptoms. I had like a runny nose and a cough, and that was it. Yeah. And then I took a home test Thursday. It was positive. I took a home test today. It was negative, but I did a PCR test to go back to work and was still positive. So I'm like, oh, hmm. man. Do you, do you, have you so, been taking precautions? Have you been careful, or have you been kind of... Oh, yeah. Not- I have, for two years, I never left my house. I wore my mask, you know, got vaccinated, boosted. But, you know, the last couple... I guess the last three weeks, I was a little lax of wearing my mask, and that's probably how I got it. I don't even know how I got it. Probably being, I don't know, being lax wearing the mask, but I think that, you know, it's the mask, I don't think it's really protecting you. I mean, really, masks are not meant to protect you against viruses. They stayed on the yeah. box. They're not meant to protect against viruses. That masks are meant to protect against bacteria. And the reason masks are used in surgical settings is because bacteria, like from the surgeon's mouth, for example, if there's an open right. wound, is, is 
they don't want it dropping into the open wounds. So right. it's really meant to prevent bacteria from getting into yeah. the surgical opening or, you know, things like that. Um, so anyway, I don't know how effective yeah, the mask is. Well, I feel is. fine. Obviously, I was to Boston Saturday, but I can't go now. I'm sorry. I said obviously no, the vaccines to... weren't that effective either, but um... yeah, but yeah, but I was supposed to fly Saturday to Boston, and I had to cancel my trip. So oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. What a bummer. Yeah. My biological mother turns 80. She's having a big birthday party, so I, you know, um, I, I can't go and get everybody sick. So. But I am going to go take another test on Friday. I don't know if I'll still be positive or not. I'll just take a test Friday. If that's the case, I'll just drive. It's a long drive, but I'll just drive. So if it's negative, you'll be able to drive. That's that's at least. Yeah. I maybe I I think that might be negative by Friday. You when do you have your PCR? You said yesterday. Today. Oh, you had it today. Yeah. Wednesday. And when were you diagnosed? When did you get the first positive test back? Last Thursday when I did the home test. Last Thursday? To, and yeah. Then, well, I don't know. It's a 50-50. Hmm. And, and the PCR, they get those results to you in yeah. hours? Yeah, 15 minutes. 15-minute test. Wow. But are they, is that yeah. expensive? Does insurance cover the PCR? I had to pay for it. My company will reimburse me, but it was still two hundred dollars out of my pocket. And my coworkers, yeah. I guess, apparently it pissed at me because they had to they had to do two of them, one on Monday and one today. And but I didn't even know that. And they'll reimburse you. Yeah. They reimburse you yeah, for it. Reimburse. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I hear yeah. they're pretty expensive to get, and sometimes insurance won't pay, especially if you're getting them just for travel, for example. But for work, I guess it's a different story. In terms yeah. of reimburse, if you have to return to work, you know, if it's a work matter, they yeah. insure well, yeah. we'll it. You know. But sorry you have it. At least it's, you know, not That's a okay. massive case. Yeah, yeah. No fever, none, none, none of that stuff. But like, the reason, but I have a co-worker. Well, I have a friend. Her name is Virginia. And she was my friend first. And then apparently she got a job with my same company through a temp agency. So uh-huh. the day that I stayed home, she called me and started harassing me, basically blaming me for going to get a COVID test, that she had to go get one. Okay, yeah. And I'm like, and then, and then she said, when did you get tested positive? I said, last night. She goes, I don't believe you, and, and hung up. So I called my boss. He was not happy. So when I saw her at the testing site today, apparently she started more crap with me and started yelling at me and swearing at me. And I told, I told her to, to shut the F up. So she said, I'm going to go talk to Phil. I'm like, go ahead and talk to Phil. But I called him and told him exactly what happened. He's on the brink of firing her. He said if she, you know, looks anybody sideways, she will be fired. I mean, I really – he said, are you okay with that? I'm not really, but, you know, what am I going to say? So, I mean, I really want her to get fired. Do you – do you think he should he should not get fired? Because I just don't want him to be there. So you wait, you you hold on a sec. You say you are not really okay with her getting fired, but you want her to get fired. No, no, I'm not really I'm not really okay with her staying there. He said, Are you oh, okay no, with are you comfortable right, with are you comfortable with her staying? Right. It's like I'll give her one more I'll give her a warning if she if she oh, messes up one more time, I'll I fire her. I was and he says, Are you okay with that? I said I said, yeah. I mean what am I gonna say no? I mean I don't know. Because she's upset. She, so the reason, what's her name again? You said her name was Virginia. 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 
Yeah. And you're, yeah. you're in Virginia. Right? I know. Is that crazy? Yeah. I thought I got confused about your location. Did I hear you wrong? Yeah. So Virginia. Yep. Do you have yep. a birthday by any chance? No, probably not. I, uh, I, I don't know what it it's is. Not a, it's not a big deal. Anyway, so she started she started trouble with you because you, you yep. got COVID and exposed people maybe. She thought that I came to work sick for a week and didn't tell anybody when I, when I knew I was sick and had COVID. I said, I did not know I had COVID. I thought I had allergies. That's right. It, obviously, people are so insane. And so you're not okay with her getting, coming back to work. I really wanted to get fired, but I told my boss, he said, you okay with me, you know, giving her another chance. Like, basically, you know, if she messes up one more time, he'll fire her on the spot if she, you know says anything rude to anybody else. I'm like, I, I said I'm okay with that, but not really. So, so he's probably going to really, talk to her and say, you're, oh, yeah. you know, on, 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 you're, you're on a warning here. This is a final warning for you. If you give anybody any problems for any reason, you're going to be terminated. So she's probably yeah. going to tighten up her behavior. Has she had any behavioral problems in the past? I, you can, sorry, Neil, you can say anything you um, want. Well, we're, we were friends, and she threw me under the bus because we have a mutual friend, and we, she threw me under the bus, you know, with our mutual friend, you know, a while back, and I just don't trust her. So I'm sure she'll come up and say, this is like the, not the, this is like the third time she said, star some crap with me. So I right, really just wanted to be, be gone. Crap. Has she done that with anyone else? Has she done anything with uh, Not that I know of, no. No, I think she, I think it's because she feels like she knows me personally that she has the right to do that, but she doesn't. Okay, so what, on a deeper level, um, Andrea, what's happening on a deeper level? Now, this is deeper level book material. It's tribal. And she comes from a family that probably was dysfunctional, where there was a lot of, you know, non-parental control. So siblings argued and accused and did all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, she carries that history with her. And when she's in a work environment, i.e. work, family, tribal, she tends to follow the same behavior because it's her pattern. So what Mm -hmm. she does with you, i.e. being close to you, she also positions you as a family member and starts to work out her, you know, Issues. nasty work. And this mm. is just a behavior. She probably does it with everybody to some degree. Um, but on a legal level, what grounds did she have of accusing you of knowing? She didn't. She didn't. I didn't tell her I had COVID. I'm sure through this. You can't speak. It, it's not yeah. rocket scientists. You get an email from the company saying somebody was exposed and I don't show up to work. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. Yeah. So, so I, imagine when just imagine her having siblings and going, Oh, you're the sibling. one who took took That's the cookie. Exactly you're where the one who go. did it. See, she's done this pattern throughout her life. I mean it adding mm-hmm. to your statement. That's where I was Usually uh, what happens, you know, to give her another chance, that would be like the parent saying to her, If you don't stop tattling, you're not gonna go to the mm-hmm. party. So she kinda calms down for a while. And that's going to be her pattern. I would say to her, look, if you care about your job, if you really care about your job, you won't do this nasty stuff to your fellow employees. If you don't care about it, I'm just letting you know, it it could be lights for you here. And it's not a threat. 
I'm telling you like a friend, but that's up to you. So whatever you do from yeah. this point be your responsibility. And don't don't impose upon me what you think is right or wrong. You have facts first before you go anywhere like that. And you yeah. know, that something like that, she'll probably be corrected because I, I have a sense that as a as a youngster she was ultimately corrected even though she had a habit of doing this. I want to ask you one other quick question. Do you live by water sure. anywhere? Do you live by water? Yes, there's, there's a, a, a man-made fountain that worked with a big waterfall. Okay, now here's my, my general two-cent two theory. I think somehow you got COVID by being near that water. I don't know what occurred there, but it's because of that water, you have the sniffles. And how that moved into COVID, I don't know. But I was told from spirit guides that your sniffles, your 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 cold occurred from that water element. So you should probably, just to make sure, find out if there's any kind of bacteria in that lake, if there's been any reports. It would be a virus because COVID's a virus. Yeah. Sure. It could well, be. It's man-made. They had ducks. They have, like, those geese that leave, leave geese poop everywhere. So oh. who knows? Well, you know, that's fine. They deserve to be there, too. I'm just letting yeah. you know that I got an I got a okay. feeling. If you love nature, let it be what it is. Just take precautions. Okay. So as far as her staying at the job, it's it, it's it's you it's know, gonna she's be awkward. She's well, yeah, it's gonna be awkward and she's probably gonna straighten up straighten up and fly right. You know, she's probably going to remain at the job because she doesn't want to lose her job. And she's because, you know, going along with Neil's theory of her being corrected as a child by her parents. And I, you know, I was going to say she's behaving like a sibling. She's Andrea's, you know, she's reenacting her relationships with her siblings rather than like Andrea being a parent. Andrea's a sibling character yeah. and the mm-hmm. boss's parents she's probably going to correct her behavior and remain at the job but what i would say to andrea is do not do not reconnect with this woman on a friendship level again oh no i blocked her phone number she's done don't make amends with her no because I mean, it sounds no. like in the past that you've mended fences i wouldn't do I that because she's she's toxic and, you know, she yeah. obviously repeats the same behaviors, and, yeah. you know, at some point after making up with her repetitive, repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Negative I just blocked the phone number this time. You know, before, uh, before we, we part, uh, Virginia is a beautiful state. I, I imagine it, it is. gets very hot and kind of uh, pollen dusty in the summer. But it's Yes. Like a, yes. I, I keep, it's already you know, pollen. Pollen in my house. Yeah. So, so in thirty seconds, can you describe for us what the beauty of Virginia is as a state? Uh, a lot of we have a lot of communities. There's no wires coming from the street to your house, so everything's all underground. But then you have to pay for HOA to maintain all that. But that's why I say good and bad. But you have the Four Seasons, the color. Um, yeah. It's just pretty. And it gets like 105 in the summer. 
It can. It can. I'm in the richest house of the whole United States. I'm in Loudoun County. So it's the richest well, county here. I can't hear her. Do you hear it or not? Do you hear that tapping? No. It's like just an echo? It's not, no, it's like a, it's like someone's is doing a, like yeah, a Morse code. Yeah, it sounds like a, a, cla- a clapping. Oh, no, I don't, I don't hear that. Yeah, yeah it's you a don't clapping hear it. like a horse. It, it, it's a, but it's from your voice. It's just feedback. So, and also, oh. um, there's beautiful mountain ranges kind of in the distance in Virginia, yeah. too. Yeah, uh-huh. Are there mountains there? Yeah. What yeah. mountain ranges are in Virginia? The Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia. I thought that was West Virginia. Well, it's Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenandoah-Mountains-Shenand
I, I'm on Challenge Butter. It started in L.A. So much for advertising. Well, I mean, that, it makes you think that you're in, you know, this Well, they might get their pastoral. dairy. Their dairies make their processing. <sighs> maybe in LA, but their no, their are, dairies were in Riverside and Tulare. Well, I don't know. They, they had, if this is the one with the elk. I'm Somewhere I read it was in Wisconsin. Yeah, Challenge. Yeah. Where does Challenge Butter come elk from? Even, elk aren't even in. Well, they're lying. Well, lie. there's not truth in advertising. There is not truth in it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the way that logos are used. Um, oh, there's a uh, there's an area in L.A. I think oh, it's been in here. California. California? California. Uh, yeah, you said that on another show. It's a, I, what, uh, what's her name? Uh, what is her name? Dion. Oh. Dion, who moved to Wisconsin. You said it. And I said it comes from California on that show, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It was years ago that I drove to Antelope Valley and I stopped in a little store and asked where the antelopes were. What the antelopes? And the guy just... Looking, yeah, I, I know. know. Didn't you go to Apple Valley to pick apples? And I went to Apple Valley. Yeah, there there's too. no apples there. So the, okay, yeah. the way that they... But, you know, um, the, uh, most of the names in California are Mexican names, like um, uh, Salinas is is really... The, it's based on the alkali salt. So, yeah, saline. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way that we... Um, they're all Mexican Spanish names. Spanish names. It's interesting, too. I've noticed on the news. So, you know, we've Americanized the way we say names like San Francisco, um, uh, Santa Monica, but uh, Santa Ana. So on the news, I've noticed, uh, especially the Hispanic reporters, will say Santa Ana. But then they say Santa Ana Racetrack. I mean, it's really strange because there's this, there's this. Well, it uh, depends on what's behind you, the commercialism. Well, the, well, I'm talking about a news newscast yeah. where they where there's this this discrepancy. this discrepancy between the two pronunciations, and you know we have like sportscasters saying Santa Ana and then Santa Ana yeah. with you know the the reporters and why uh, you know we're uh, not know, saying San Francisco. A I mean, give me a break. To, I mean, uh, we should, but we don't. You know, a great introduction to sort of Northern California uh, is in about the first 10 pages. California. California. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is in per, about the first 10 pages of East of Eden uh, by John, John Steinbeck. And uh, he, he does a very nice, well, a very nice brief bird's eye view of, of the settlement of California. In those first few pages, before the uh, gets into the biblical proportions of the book and, and that. Well, and yeah, East, East of Eden. Eden. John Steinbeck, eighth grade education. Yeah, was it was he drunk when he wrote the first ten pages? No. Was he drunk all the time? John Steinbeck. Yeah. Didn't he have an alcohol problem? He was a heavy smoker. Oh, he was a smoker. Kind of a rough guy, but but very but for his education. Proportionally speaking, his intellect was immense. The very, very, you know, grapes of wrath and cannery roll and east of Eden. I mean, John Steinbeck 
is a monument of intellectual power. But again, like Jack, Jack London. That's what my uh, brain. Very, very that's the, that's the drunk. Jack not London. not not John Steinbeck. Yeah. My brain and I couldn't think of what is wrong with no, me. Ja- I'm having John, problems. Steinbeck more smoking. No, cigarettes. Jack London was the drunk. Jack London had, had a major problem. alcohol he a problem. Guy. He was a rough guy. I autobiographical his autobiographical novel Martin Eaton uh, kind of depicts <laughs> his lifestyle. But again, two different kinds of writers, but both highly intellectual. John Steinbeck. Uh, Jack London was a socialist, and Steinbeck probably today, I don't know, he might be a Democrat or Republican, but he, he, he was kind of conservative in his, but he had a grasp of history. Um, Jack London had a, had, had a strong intellectual grasp, but not so much, a little bit of history, but not like Steinbeck, who was able to capture the, you know, American experience and well, immigration. Jack London's writing is really beautiful, and I had a an aversion to reading his books for some reason at, when they were assigned reading in school. I don't know how I got through them and got good grades, but I did. And I didn't really read the books because they, I felt like they were too male for me, you know, like White Fang. Why am I interested in, like, reading about, you know, trekking through the the you know, Alaskan outback. But anyway, remember I read, what did I read? I read White Fang in like an hour and a half. And I go, I was like, what did I read previously? I read something previous. Called the Wild. Called previous to that. I mean, I read fairly fast. So I read that in a couple of days. And I then I went on to read White Fang. And I read it in like an hour and a half. And I think you went on some air and I said, hey, I finished White Fang. I, and I was saying, his writing is a lot different in White Fang. I said, it's really different. And you're like, well, how? And I said, I don't know. It's a lot simpler. I said, it's just really different. And then I said, I'm finished. And then you said, there is no way you could have finished White Fang in that amount of time. And then I realized that I had read the, children, yeah. the children's version of the bridge. Of the uh, what an idiot. But I was uh, saying, yeah. I was saying to you, it's really different. I don't know why I didn't figure out it was a bridge. It didn't say a bridge though. It yeah. didn't even state in the, well, you know, it, in the title page, it was a bridge. It was funny. But, uh, Jack London, uh, what, and then what, I went on to read the, the actual version. Oh, it was disappointing. Ruined it for me. But. Wild, uh, very, very uh, intelligent uh, man. He wrote actually one of the most famous short stories, American short stories, To Build a Fire, which was mandatory reading in high school. Uh, but he, and, and actually, Jack London. His his knowledge was even more astounding than the way he accumulated it by, by his education. He was, a, he was a seaman and all that kind of thing, and Klondike and minor, uh, rough guy. But uh, his he he ultimately chose socialism. But the uh, the uh, the idea of him being an intellectual uh, powerhouse. Is even more astounding than uh, Steinbeck. Steinbeck, you know, was a very learned man, um, 
and more red. Okay. But it still uh, stands as. Uh, in fact, we have Stundek on the phone. He wants to read. Yeah, this is this is not the literary hour. No. How did we get on? I don't know. Oh, we're talking about uh, California and the names of things. Um, Unless we want to make it the opera hour. Uh, but the idea not. that uh, the idea that. Um, even in the element of psychic energy, uh, you know, we have representations of of energies, such as, you know, what does a chakra represent, and what does yeah, a aura field represent, that, what is that. the real content of the chakra, and how in the heck does a chakra? How, 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 we, so we're going to write a book. How, how in, in the, the heck, heck? How in the heck? Dot dot dot. How does a how does a chakra store information? Well, we we were just talking about this. Yep. This is a continuation. A continuation. <sighs> but the idea not on that new material. When, when you think about it, our brains store vast amounts of information that were, it's not even accessible to us. Well, yeah, like a moment ago when I could not think of the correct author, <laughs> and could not access the name of um, Jack London. That was really frustrating. Yeah. Normally, I'm so on top of it with my memory. Well, you know, when you, when you look at, I mean, the we can't deny whether you believe in evolution or not, whether you believe in biblical evolution or scientific evolution, biological evolution, or just metaphorically speaking, we can't deny the fact that our brains have developed over time. And all of that stored knowledge is sitting basically at the back of our brain. It's turned into somewhat, it, it's turned into euphemism, like instinct. You know, it's our instinct that we have this knowledge. But instinct is, is it, is instinct what what where does instinct come from? Is is instinct learned? Is it in the creation of the organism that there is this quote like Darwin, the will to survive or the flight distance? What is it in the seed of our energy that tends to preserve life and avoid uh, danger? There's got to be something in that energy, even if you tap an insect. It will run. What does it know that its life is threatened, that it may cease to exist? Does it even know that it does exist? See, where does this energy come from in terms of the origins of the knowledge of existence and why we even care if we exist or not? Thus, having the knowledge of existence. So if if you, you're running from something, there's got to be some form of thought that if you don't avoid danger, you will cease to exist? Or is it like behavioral, that you just avoid pain because you've learned that some things cause pain or some things feel threatening because they don't feel familiar? You know, we we don't know a, a baby is going, a baby will approach a crocodile 
on its own. It will crawl up to the crocodile and get eaten. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because as a baby, I often would approach crocodiles, alligators, and hippopotamus. Well, uh, we all. used to hang out. I don't doubt it. But the idea that... Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, swamps. Yeah. The one your favorite Jungles. Of, jungles and swamps. Um, but the idea that, uh, you know, what, where do we learn the uh, in the primitive world? Well, I mean, animal uh, instinct. Some of the animals will learn to avoid things because they experiment and they don't like the taste or, or the, the maternal figure or the paternal figure will uh, tell them to avoid it, so they avoid it. So there's a learning process in terms of, of, of some of that. But uh, the, the idea is how do we, wh- when we're babies, there's not really, when you watch a baby, there's not really, a baby doesn't seem to have any fear. Unless they, I mean, they can get scared. They can see an ugly face and cry or, or, or you know, get hit with something and cry. But basically speaking, what is that? Is that instinct? Is it something that's unfamiliar in terms of, of, the, of the figure that's before them? I mean, does a baby look at a crocodile and say, well, if I approach that crocodile, those teeth, I will be eaten. Or does a baby just approach, I don't know how many tests are done on this, you know, you get five babies and see how many approach a crocodile. I'm sure that's a really... How do you, how do you how do you get a control group of how would you even have parents that well, would agree to let their children children <laughs> to get to, yeah any yeah it's yeah. just ridiculous I mean how would you how would you get parents to agree to have their children participate in an experiment where their yeah, parents well, you, you know, know get you know in, we have a great study going on. Get your children in a tank well, with that crocodiles matter, and to see how well, you know, your danger. children are eaten by these crocodiles yeah. or not. I mean, give me a break. It's just happen. not with danger. I mean, you know, a, a little baby, a couple months old, is beginning to see now, and the mother makes a face in front of the baby, and the baby starts laughing. Now, how does the baby know what, what, why it should laugh? I mean, how does the baby, what does the baby think? Well, that's a funny face, and that's not a normal face, so I think I'll start laughing. I mean, what goes on in a baby's mind that hasn't been learned to where that instinct of laughter comes from? Um, There was a study done where, uh, for a while, Jane, Jane Goodall was trying to decide the chimpanzees laugh. And she once watched a chimpanzee tumble down a hill, and she was laughing really loud. But she observed that the other chimp just kind of looked at him, and that was it. So, you know, but then chips do, they like to be tickled, and they do have firm expressions of laughter. Right, but certain. And and, and there was this old chimpanzee that was on his deathbed, and, and he... He encountered a man that raised him as a little tiny chimpanzee, and when he saw him, he gave this big, strong laugh. It's not, you could see it. Yeah, I've, 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 I've seen it. But, but what? And then he hugged, gently hugged the guy before, before the chimpanzee expired. This is depressing. Okay. But the idea is, where, 
How, is, is laughter learned? Is it an instinct? Is fear learned? Is it an instinct? Maybe it's a marriage between the two. But when we get into the idea of how we come into the world, karma, our, 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 our developed brains, as much as they are developed, has the ability to comprehend some sense of a past life. We all have some sense of how many of us have had deja vu, how many of us have had, had an instinct of something that we couldn't quite explain. Well, deja vu can be past life, but it also can be connected to the current life. Yeah, there's a certain electrical impulse to memory, current memory Yeah, where we anticipate it. But when you have deja vu, you also go through this strange sensation that you typically say, I knew this, this has happened before, or I knew this was going to happen. You know, that idea. And then along evolutionary lines, we, have, we are a product of our history. If you quick flash dance through all the centuries and, and eons of time since we, we stood upright, all of that is part of our nature. I would like to see you quick flash dance. Yeah, well, it, time and space. <laughs> yeah, a good show. Throw water on me first. <laughs> yeah, um, splash dance. Uh, but uh, the now the chakra system is the same thing. Uh, the past life soul energy is the same thing. If you buy into the soul, the soul. If you buy into the soul, you got to buy into the fact that the soul's been somewhere, and it's going somewhere. It just, you know, brings into humankind a living soul. But, you know, if it's the breath of, quote, even there, if it's the breath of God, then we have the breath of God in us and some form of omniscience, the tree of knowledge, um, which, according to the biblical text, we have. We, we have ingested of the tree of knowledge. So we have a certain knowledge above and beyond the normal human capacity of thought. And that comes from breath. So this breath is very deep and it has its own origin of history. Because it, it, if we believe in, in breath and we believe in God, then we believe that our breath comes from God. That's where it comes from. And if it comes from God, then the, then the DNA of our breath is part God. And that's part knowledge. The only thing we don't have is eternal life. Um, that was not granted to us. Well, I know some people's breath that is definitely not from God. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's from God the bowels, bowels of hell. Yeah. <laughs> so we know where they're going after they're, they expire. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, that's what I thought. The I astral thought the, dentist. I thought when I saw the movie Poseidon Adventure and heard the song the morning after, I thought it was about bad breath until I watched the whole movie. Um, the idea, you know, but the idea that when we really stop to pause and ponder our origins and we decide to go as deep as we can, into human consciousness, 
there's really we can only we can go back to a certain stage, but we're not there to record or seek records as to how real intelligence started. We can at some point define the origin of intelligence, and we can trace it back to some artifacts and historical moments or prehistorical moments. But where does it come from before then? And this variation of life that we all share. I mean, for the most part, most living forms on the planet breathe, breathe oxygen. I mean, I'm not talking about the depths of the ocean and some of the deep caves where they're very limited. But most of us breathe the same air as living forms. And that breath that we take in cycles through our system in such a way that when it cycles through our system, it cycles through every inch of our history. Every second of our history becomes an energy of breath. So when we go into that form, and of course we were talking about more of advanced thoughts like Steinbeck, London, more or less Einstein, but when we get into the idea of how that breath collects itself in the very first moment of time to the very present moment of time, that is all one breath. So our breath is almost omnipresent, more or less omniscient. It's omnipresent. Every breath we take represents every second of life going backwards, extending backwards. Now, psychics are supposed to be able to absorb that and then take a leap forward and see what the breath is for tomorrow or a year from now or a month from now. So to me, as a psychic, being a psychic is to analyze breath. You take a deep breath and you analyze it. You analyze the breath that you hear from the breath that is spoken. So when someone is speaking to us, I analyze their voice, their breath. I take it into my energy. I combine the energies, shift through the subjective to the, to the objective. So it's not about me, but it is about the, the button of intelligence that ignites the knowledge of someone else's life. So all of that gets swept up into the brain pattern of what really qualifies a psychic from being accurate to being semi-accurate to being downright idiot. He doesn't know what they're talking about, but her, she doesn't know what they're talking about, but who it may be. So all of that is encompassed in the very thought of time. And you said, well, I, I sped read kind of through uh, Jack London. Because there is... It's fascinating thought because... Well, it's speed read. I wouldn't say it's bed read. Oh, but you do speed read. I've seen speed read. I don't speed read. I wouldn't say speed read. I read quickly. Oh. Speed read is like speed... I I know what speed reading is. I I don't like speed reading. I've taken it too. Yeah, took two years of speed reading. You know, and you start off trailing your finger down, racing your finger down. That's not how I read I don't um, read, I don't speak. Or you, you scan your eyes and absorb. But you see, that's a total vision. Because what you're doing 
in, in actually speed reading. You're doing two things. But you, you have rapid eye following the words on the page and then the brain comprehending the crucial part. The points. crucial points. But you do miss a lot when you speed read. I, I, oh. you, you miss a lot. Oh, you miss the beauty of language. Right. So, um, and, you know, speed reading through a paper even, you miss. You end oh, up missing tremendous. missing amounts. I know that in conversations when I've when we've discussed content of newspaper and articles, I said, "Did you read this?" And you know, there's stuff that's missed. So anyway, speed reading is not ideal. I read quickly, and sometimes when you read quickly, you miss the beauty of language. But when I'm engrossed in a book that's that's exciting, I I'm like I I'm anti- I'm just I get so involved in reading the book that I'm, I'm just excited for the next paragraph. And that's why I'm reading quickly because I'm just, you know, I, I'm just really involved well, done, and engrossed in the book. That's why. Where I've read the same book in three hours as opposed to a year and just study. And the experience was vastly different. Yeah. Uh, well, and you're going to pick up so much more subtlety, yeah. and and I mean, there's going to be the way that uh, there's going to be much more a different um, experience. Yeah, but it's a different experience to drive through the, the sequoias, you the, know, the as symbol, opposed to getting out the, of your car and the symbolism, through. the symbolism in the book, in the writing that you are going to get through reading it in a year. You're not going to get reading it in three days. Right. You'll miss it. So it's the same as when we... I mean, you uh, may get some, but... It's the same as when we do readings on the radio as opposed to readings... Off uh, the radio. Off the radio, which could take longer periods of time. Uh, You know, what can you get out of a five-minute reading in quick style, maybe specifically towards a question, as opposed to being more leisurely and opening up the mind to perhaps an hour or two of a reading, you get, it's a, it's a, it's a speed read. Radio readings are speed reads. Yeah. And in terms of efficacy and the result a person wants, you know, you're dealing with a limited amount of time and, and it may not be, not that, that we're not as effective necessarily, but the, the amount of time in which we're allowed to be effective is limited. So Mm -hmm. there's not as much time to do the work that is necessary, and it may take a lot more time to be able to do the amount of work that is required for a person to get the result that they want. Right. You know, so if someone wants, you know, if someone comes in with a difficult problem and only is able to spend 10 minutes on the radio dealing with the problem, then they may get a 10-minute result, and that's the, right. the limitation of time that they have. We okay. do the best work that we can. We do work, of course, off the air on their problems, but, you know, the active involvement with that individual is limited to the time that we have on the radio. In the sense, because it's happened with both of us, sometimes the narrowness of a radio read expands off the margins. Uh, just, with, you know, we're talking to and, and Andrea about specific topics. Well, yeah, and then you ask water. about the waterfall or so water. How does that come in? Where does the, how does the eye, peripheral vision, how does the eye have a second sight? 
beyond the margins. If you look at something as a just as a crude experiment and you're looking at one thing, you can see out of the corner of your eye some form of facts around you, some semblance of physical objects. So if you look at one thing, you can see things. Same with a reading. If you're talking about, oh, the job and the COVID and this and that, and then suddenly out of the corner of your psychic vision, you see a, a water. And then I said, well, a spirit guide told me. Well, a spirit guide didn't actually, it's not, the language is a spirit guide didn't tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, Neil, guess what? There's a, there's a peripheral ear, ear, auditorial energy that also occurs. Right, uh, and there's not only that, it's sight. It's seeing something in the course of a reading. That's communication with spirit or, you know, it could be auditory. There's a lot of different ways um, communication with spirit can occur. You know, it's, it's true. One thing that taught me how to be a good psychic was looking up at the sky one day. And I actually saw the sun and the moon. It was the first time I had ever saw this. But I saw the sun and the moon in the sky at the same time. Now, that went beyond all my logic. I thought the moon came out at night. And I was so amazed that the moon was in the sky at the same time as the, the sun. sun. Well, they always that, are. But. Well, they are, but this was the first time I yeah, ever I seen as a child. Yeah, and I was going yeah, down, you know, the surgery book of knowledge that the moon came out at night. So when I saw them both at the same time, it really, even as a little kid, Help me understand this sense of duality and of being in one place, in all places at, at the once. same time. And I started to, even then, I remember distinctly that I started to incorporate that into the way that I analyzed things as a little kid. That there was this attitude. And then, you know, I was told, oh, owls come out at night. Owls come out at night. Then I saw an owl during the day. Mm. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I thought owls would only come at night. So there was this sense that the night and the day as being separate time zones also are... Intersect. Same thing with crickets. I was watching a cricket yesterday in the daytime. Crickets only are supposed to come out at night, right? Right. So, right. interesting. So it, 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 um, it, what it does is it starts to involve at least a psychic for the most part, in that the past converge into the present. The present converge into the future. It's all within the scope of a vision. Yes. And that becomes vastly interesting if you start to um, accurately depict that with language. Yeah, I want to mention something. I was talking to you about a conversation I was having. With, is there something you want to say? I don't no, want to interrupt right. you conversation I was having with a friend about who about a person she was watching online. I'm not going to mention the person, uh, a YouTube person that does these videos with tarot talking about current events and conspiracy stuff. And, um, and we were talking just a moment ago about spirit and how they communicate, you know, through auditory means or maybe visual means. Anyway, this woman incorporates her reading of tarot into, well, she reads tarot and I I should say she reads tarot and incorporates into current events. And so she interprets the tarot 
according to current events that are going on. And some of her opinions, I mean, basically it's a bunch of her own opinions, and she has some some insight into current events if you have a, a mind that thinks outside the mainstream version of news. But what impacted me the most about her as a reader was the fact that she was referring to the deck it was all like almost like the deck was the entity that was giving the readings. Yeah. I mean, or that was giving the answers. Let's ask the deck what it thinks. Yeah, <laughs> I was going, right. what, what is this person thinking? And I said to this friend, I said, what are you watching this bullshit for? This is crap. This person thinks this is deck is like, it's not, you know, the deck that's giving answers. Number one, the deck's been telling her jack. She's pulling cards. I mean, I, she's not communicating with spirit, number one. But if the deck is infused with any, any, any energy at all, it's coming from spirit, not the deck itself. The deck is not, the deck is not a yeah. spirit. Well, that's it's, why the, it's uh, a tool to spirit. The last T in tarot is silent. Oh, wait. Because if it wasn't silent, what would it spell? Tarot. No, the last T wasn't silent. Oh, tarot. 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 Well, so they decided that that's the true story of the history of tarot. Tarot. Thought, you know what? We can't. we got to drop. Tarot. we got to make it a silent T. Right. So they call it tarot. And that's why. Um, that's it's, why and it's therefore related to tarot root. more instrumental to Which is knowledge. It. Yeah, the deck doesn't. The, the interpretation, uh, the interpretation um, is the essence. Anything you can take, you can throw sticks down. Right, it, exactly. It's the, it's the, I mean, it's the gift of the person interpreting, and their connection to spirit, not the cards that are. I mean, it's. Just, I was like, well, why you know, are you watching I mean, this? And it, and plus, the person herself was not really that. I mean, her, 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 she wasn't that intelligent in her language and her insight, interpretation, interpretation of the deck itself. And it was just, I, I found a lot of her, her inter- analysis to be off base. Some, well, no, some I things mean, I agreed with on a generalized level, but I mean, you know, that doesn't take, you know, much more than a, than a mind that, that thinks outside the lines of a mainstream reality. A lot of people are like that. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a fun it's a fun exercise of symbolism, connecting it to some event. Now the symbolism is tied to text, so there is a formal text to the uh, rendition and the interpretation of the cards, and then that's connected to the how the cards are split. And how they're formulated in their in their um, structure. Yeah, and to and give a beautiful reading is is is, cha- is is a challenge. I mean, to give a beautiful, uh, eloquent interpretation of tarot cards connect that is really connected is is challenging because there's so much to interpret because there's so much symbol that goes. I mean, there's so much symbolism in the deck and if you're giving an individual reading how that 
how that symbolism pertains to the individual that you're reading is going to be very specific. And that brings up, you know, I mean, the first numeral just was God. He knows the numbers of the hair on your head. So obviously he, 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 he does count. And so the count of the hairs on your head, and that, is that H-A-R-E-S? I'm not sure. But uh, the hairs on your head, it, it, it all Peter, depends on who, who Peter Cottontail. Um, I think he was back then. I think he was talking about rabbits back then, because uh, he was talking about because Easter and the rabbits and the hairs on your head. But anyways, so now we're good, now we're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, we are. And not enough time to to do so, unfortunately, on this episode. But we'll be back on the air at. I, will we be back on the air at 9 o'clock on Friday? Is that what we're uh, doing? We have to ask a psychic. <laughs> Maybe um, we'll we talk to that tarot person. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, we're going to be back sometime, undetermined what, what, when we're going to be back, but we'll close our show. We're going to be back Friday. I don't know. You're talking about changing the time of the show, and now oh. you're saying we're going to be back Friday. I don't know what you're saying. Well, we'll see. Right <laughs> yeah. now As I said, we'll see. Well, I was right. <laughs> we're Friday. Change. And that's SDA, right? <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs>